Off the Chains has been sponsored by Team Disc Store. The team that sponsors yours truly. And Simeon Brothers Creative. Design, print, and promotion. For any of your graphic design needs, please follow Simeon Brothers Creative on any of your social media platforms. That's S-I-M-I-A-N Brothers Creative. And what is going on, everybody? And welcome back to another edition of Off the Chains. This is Season 2, Episode 20. And this is a disc golf podcast for those who have a true love and passion for the sport. I am your host with the most, of course, as always, Cody Enervold, PDGA member 148739. And I'd like to kick off this week's episode by going off the chains real quick and talking about kind of something really serious. Now, as everybody has known, uh, over the last couple of days, it's been all over the news. There has been a serious, massive school shooting that took place uh, either yesterday or the day before in Ovalde, I believe it's the name of the town, in Texas. And at least 19 people, 19 kids and two adults were confirmed dead in the shooting. Um, basically, an 18-year-old just came in with an AR and shot up the entire place. And uh, unfortunate, 21 lives were un- unfortunately um, lost. And look, I know we all out there, and there's a lot going on in the world with politics and other BS in the world and Russia invading Ukraine and this and that and COVID being a thing in the world. But my God, like, can we just end the school shootings? Like, what, like, what, what are we getting out of these? Like, I just don't understand what the point is of just going into a school thinking it's okay to just, you know, go up and shoot people. Like, it's especially for no cause like it, 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 it it's like i don't even have words for it it just it's unfortunate so um my heart just completely goes out to all those families that lost their kids lost you know relatives lost family members anything like um any parents out there who have kids going to school um Make sure you at least say. Make sure you always tell them you love them. Make sure you say goodbye to them, and make sure you know where they are every single day, a minute of the day, even if they're in school. Make sure you know where they're at, because stuff like this cannot continue to happen, and we need to do something about it. Um, just love, just love, love. You know, there's. God, I, I'm, I'm just, I don't even have words. I really don't. Basically, what I'm trying to say is. If I can get the words out, is um, we should there shouldn't be no more hate in the world. Like, as John Lennon's song says, "Imagine there is no heaven. See if you try." You know, like, imagine all the people living in a world at peace. Like, that's I think we should do that. 
Um, and just love yourself. Love everyone around you. Like, there's too much hate in the world. Like, especially with stuff like this, you just can't, it just cannot continue to happen. So, um, I just kind of wanted to talk about that real quick. And like I said, my heart goes out to the members of the, the people who lost uh, 19 uh, p- children, two adults. It's very unfortunate. So, my heart goes out to you guys. But other than that, we got a lot to talk, we got a few things to talk about tonight, guys. We're going to talk about my, we're going to, I'm going to go ahead and recap for you my doubles event that I did with uh, my good buddy Alex A. Torres, PGA 62332, um, last Saturday, uh, Sunday, yeah, last Sunday uh, at Walnut. We were doing a doubles event to get ready for the Walnut Open that's going to be happening this Saturday. I'm also going to recap OTB for you guys, which I'm uh, also going to hear you guys, uh, get to let you guys hear uh, Paige Pierce and Simon Lazat talk on the Nick and Matt show. Um, and then round out the show, I will give you guys a quick preview of my tournament coming up this Saturday, like I said, on the 28th of May, the Walnut Open. Give you a quick YouTube announcement and also a little reminder at the end. So, But let's go ahead and jump right into it, shall we, with me previewing my doubles tournament walnut open now the guy people who are running the walnut open um john hobbreaker and i can't remember the other guy's name um put a post on instagram saying that they were doing a doubles event uh, last sunday just basically getting ready for the tournament coming up on saturday and we have alex Ator and i ended up playing the 21 hole layout which i and actually it's our um, 22 holes. They wanted to add a couple extra people, so they've been doing four people, obviously four on the scorecard, so four players a hole. And with 22 holes, they'll be able to do 88 players instead of four, uh, 84. So that's kind of cool. And also an extra hole, which I didn't get to practice, which sucks. But according to them, it's super easy and super short. So hopefully I can get up and down and get a birdie on that hole. But um, Ator and I kind of had a hard time coming up with a team name at first. We didn't know what to come up with. Um, ended up coming up with a perfect name because, uh, Ator is going to be, is just turned 31 in December and I'm going to be 30 this year. And, um, so we just thought the team name for us should be 30 for 30, (laughs) like the ESPN specials, which I thought to me still in my head is funny, but, um, Ator and I, we started off pretty good. We had a couple shots that could have went better, could have went, could have went great, could have went, you know, could have been a lot worse than they were. Um, and we started off hot. I think we were three down through like the first 14 holes. And then we took back to back bogeys on holes that we shouldn't have. And then I think we birdied three of the last five. Um, no, we birdied two of the last five. So we ended up taking, finishing four under, or no, were we three under? No, we were four under. Cause we did, oh, no, we took three of the last, in the last five. So we ended up finishing four under. So yeah, but ended up shooting a 62, I believe. Yes. We ended up shooting a 62, which if we would have um, not bogeyed both those holes, we would have tied for third and actually got a payout, but it does suck. But at the end of the day, we went out and had a good time. Uh, the weather wasn't super bad. Um, ups and downs from it. The, I guess the ups for it. Um, I got to play with my good buddy. Um, my first ever time playing a doubles thing, so I didn't know what to expect. And overall, I think we played really well. I actually, and the biggest thing I had was even though after we bogeyed back to back holes, the very next hole, um, Ator and I both went. He he had a, a more open look, but 
I guess we both had a pretty open look, but he he at first seemed like he was more open, and then we realized when he went up to his, like if we were going to putt and miss it, we were kind of putting downhill, so that could have rolled on us. So we ended up taking my lie, and I just went up there, took a deep breath, lined up my shot, and I literally did the Paul Macbeth putt, the Paul Macbeth little hyacer putt that he does with his Luna, and just threw my P2 on a little uh, hyacer and managed to shoot, uh, birdie in uh, – probably in between circle one and circle two, so about 45, 50 foot putt, and was able to get the birdie. So that felt pretty good. Um, the downs on it, there wasn't really any downs other than obviously the two bogeys we took back to back, which we shouldn't know. We just had really bad shots. And then our, our follow-up shot ended up going out of bounds. So, um, but yeah, that's pretty much ups and downs about it. Um, it did give us an idea of what to expect at the tournament. Uh, my our buddy, my buddy Grant Yurkovich, one uh, PDJ one nine eight three zero three, is going to be also playing. But unfortunately, because it was a double thing, he didn't have a partner, so he didn't go. So he's going to be playing this blind. Um, but it'll be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. And I can't wait. Um, and then I guess for best moments, I had like I said, I got that long birdie putt on uh, hole hole twenty one. Yeah, the very last hole. So it was really it was really cool. It felt pretty good, but um, yeah, I can't wait for that. Overall, like I said, I got to play with my good buddy Alex Ator, so it was a lot of fun. And speaking of recaps and having a lot of fun, let's go ahead and talk about this past weekend's DGPT, that last DGPT uh, Elite Series event, and that was the OTB Open that took place out in Stockton, California, and... Um, as I predicted last week on my show that Paige, uh, my pit predictions were Paige Pierce and Simon Lazat did my God, did those predictions come true? And I could not believe that I actually got that one right. So it was pretty cool. Um, we'll go ahead and walk through round one real quick and we'll start with Paige, uh, the FPO. <clears throat> On a blustery day in Central Valley, only one golfer managed to shoot under par, defending OTB Open champion Paige Pierce. By the way, this is all coming for Alta World Disc Golf. Her 1,000 her 1,000 rated one under par, 67 best at Natalie Ryan by one stroke, and the trio of Valerie Mondahano, Alexis Mondahano, and Holland Hanley by two. Pierce led the field in strokes to gain T to green, nearly four strokes cleared of next best, Valerie Mondahano, but a handful of small miscues kept the five-time world champ from opening up to bigger lead. On the 667-foot par 4 tenth, she found a drink on her approach into the green, taking a skip out of the pond, but coming up just short of dry land. Her second attempt to clear the water leaked low to the pin to the edge of the circle, and Pierce missed the tester back towards the hazard just short of the cage, just short off the cage. <laughs> She bounced back, however, with textbook birdies on holes 11, 14, and 15 to erase the double bogey 6 on hole 10, but hit another speed bump with 3 to play. She went from a birdie look to a bogey on 16, 3 putting the elevated basket, and an errant drive OB on hole 17 led to another bogey. Uh, Paige found herself at even par and tied for the lead with Ryan when she stepped up to the tee uh, of hole 18. After lacing her drive center cut, she pinned a touchy approach to secure the walk-up birdie and sell the possession of first. Her floaty Anheuser into the final green was beautifully controlled, drifting gently from left to right, landing softly about 15 feet from the basket. Uh, Ryan and Mondahano's sisters were, will round out the lead card on the moving day. Ryan's match pierced five birdie tally on a day where, she, where the field collectively managed only 49. She briefly held the lead late in her round, but double bogeyed the 17th finding OB and then two putting from inside the circle. 
Um, as for p notable statistics for Paige Pierce after round one, her birdie rate was 28%. C2 in regulation was 72%. C1 in regulation was 39%. Scramble rate was 33%. Shot, shots Dane uh, Tita Green was 11.86. And shot, shots Green... Uh, Shots gained total was 8.07, all leading in first place category. Um, but yeah, it seemed like Paige kind of had a good start, but then she kind of fell apart a little bit in the middle in the middle there. But she ended up sounding like she kind of finished strong a little bit towards the end, so was able to hold off the was able to hold off one stroke lead going into round two. Do, 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 do. Um, I'm sorry, there was a dramatic pause too. Okay, so MPO does not have a round uh, one recap on here, so I'm just going to do round two for the MPO. And 2022 did not seem like the year that Simon Lazat would make his return to the top tier of elite disc golf. Between his rehab, the birth of his child, and general rest from years away from the most competitive aspects of the game, it would be understandable if he would slowly build back towards the heights of his career. Lazat, as with everything, clearly did not see it the same way as the rest of us. While he started his year slow with mediocre finishes at Waco and the Champions Cup, he is putting together a consistent streak of strong play, placing sixth at Jonesboro, second at DDO, and now he's off to the right, to, on the right foot again in Stockton. Lazat's game seemed to be boiled down to the essentials at this point, aside from the rare Simon line like his drive on hole six, and he appears to be using his world-class power to gain advantage via traditional lines rather than game-breaking, high-risk attempts. Despite steadier play than in the past, he was still a highlight machine on Friday, dropping in a throw-in eagle more than a handful of long-range butts and even sprinkling in a few forehands for good measure. Saturday saw him take full control of the lead, shooting a stellar four-under on the challenging Swenson Park course with the difficulty cranked up in the wind. Lazat have, may have played better in the second round despite his tougher condition, the tougher conditions, Putting up a bogey-free round with an absolutely scorching 7-under front nine, he may have cooled off in the back nine, but he is confidently catching in putts and getting off, to, off the tee accurately, looking as poised as ever despite his time away. A Simon Lazat win would be a feel-good story of the year, and Discoff's darling is on the right track to make it come, uh, the reality come true. Other, other notables in round two, Ricky Wysocki coming off an Elite Series victory at TDO, is still battling health problems that are clearly affecting his demeanor. After pulling out a Masters Cup, Wysocki is playing in Stockton a bit with a pronounced limp and equipment caring for his swelled knee. While the injury is clearly bothering him, he has made the choice to play through it uh, at Swanson. He said in a statement, quote, I didn't even know if I was going to, if I was going to play going into the round today. I just showed up and did some warm-up just was going to make the game time decision on whether I was going to play. And luckily I felt good enough with a bunch of ibuprofen in order to mask the pain a little bit. It's tough. I'm essentially playing on one leg and I think mental stamina, that's the word for the day of the day for me. I think that's something I do pretty well. I fight through tough conditions. I fight through adversity. And I think that if I can stay, if it can stay like this or get a little better for the next two rounds, I'll be pumped. Unquote. Uh, despite a top, Five finish on Friday. West Hockey fell out of the likely out of contention for the win, but he's playing, playing still admirably despite the adversity he faces. 
So after round two, Simon was looking good. He started off hot with like even Drew Gibson looked good. Um, stuff that came out of round one, seeing Simon have that throw at Eagle was amazing. Um, things coming out of round two, seeing Drew Gibson miss that birdie putt and then going to kick the ground, act like he was kicking the, his desk off the ground, and he just fell off on his butt. And within not even 30 seconds, Reddit already had it um, into a meme. So it was pretty funny. But, um, yeah, so it was looking like Simon was doing pretty well. Page was doing pretty well because round two for the FPO excuse me, was kind of boring, in my opinion, only because it was just kind of a snoozer page was like gaining a lot of, um, gaining a lot of strokes in, in first place, and it just got to that point where it was like, you know, but I love watching page play, so I'm not complaining, um, I'm just saying that, um, if someone's going to play that well, and be up by that much, then it kind of, takes it takes the fun out of watching it sometimes but going into the final round was a completely different story as i as we all thought the page was going to take away take the win with ease um natalie ryan did not make it happen and here is some highlights from the spo's final round sunday at the otp open presented by mvp disc sports we're back in beautiful swenson park in stockton california for the final round can the returning champion hold on you'll find out live on the disc golf network Wonderful. Natalie only had one circle two putt yesterday. She's equaled that on hole two today. She came. Give her a little airspace and the woman can putt. Yeah, a nice straddle, normal stance, and that's the normal result when Missy Gannon throws a putter. Yeah, she worked hard for that uh, birdie, was it? It was birdie, yes it was, yeah. yeah. And Missy's back to even on the day and into a tie for fifth uh, with Alexis Manuhano. Birdie for Ryan, three for three. Oh, her putting is on. We were not seeing her putt like this yesterday. Looking for some skipping action. Oh, Pierce. Well, Bullseye. perfectly played. That was really nice. With some out of bounds quite close behind him. Allen second. The tree did not restrict that throw very much. Oh, and it actually almost went in. Oh, my goodness. Off the chains goes Allen. Hopefully not too far. Get some love from her daughter there. And the best way to avoid that green is to can your putt. That was very bold going for the Heiser putt. Very. That was headed straight. I mean, she airballs. That's on the green, right? Exactly. But Missy doesn't airball often. What a putt. Getting some love from Tom. Allen. Second shot on seven. I wonder if she's laying up. Well, that was a lot of snap. Don't have to wonder anymore, do you? Oh, Jennifer Allen. How can you stand still from that distance? Start with being Jennifer Allen and work with that. It's enough. <laughs> Ryan for birdie. She's 
she sensed the opportunity. She's been feeling great about her putt today. Going straight at it. Perfect. Is that the Berg again? I think it was, yes. Nice straight flyer. Ahead, Hanson. It's only a very attackable 12. Oh, oh, attack, she did. Where's the CTP flag for that <laughs> one? Drop in birdie, come for Hanson. That's going to be a turkey for Ella. To close the gap to three? Oh, this is interesting. We're, we are in interesting territory now, Elaine. Six holes to go, three strokes. Yeah, that's not an insurmountable lead by any stretch that of the imagination. That could happen on one hole. One hole, yeah, 17. Ryan, this is a big, big putt for Natalie. A chance to grab a stroke on Pierce and close the gap to two. Just a pace out in circle two. Oh, my lane. I wasn't actually expecting that, but... Madeline's feeling great about her putt. And you've got this alley of trees that you need to navigate either through or cut out early to the right. And cut out early to the right she did with that yellow disc that we know is stable. Oh my goodness, Elaine, that's a part job. Bullseye for Ryan. That is... This is getting spicy, Elaine. Ryan, back on the tee of 15. It's very important for her to get in bounds. Great looking tee shot. And boy, there was no problem. She almost hit the she players. Almost drove the green. Clearing off. I mean, you can almost count the birdie. So no, she knows what needs to be done. Uh, Sleepy left lane. Oh my goodness. It looks like it's going to be tied up at the end of this hole. Um, yeah, nearly everything's selling out. Scoggins on 17. Oh, look at that flare. She knows how to throw. Oh, wow. Whoa, she knows how to throw a low disc and oh, have it. Wow. <laughs> nose up. Yes, that is worth a bow. I thought we might get a bicep kiss on that one. <laughs> Huge shot coming up for Ryan. That's an attacking shot. And it has come up short out of bounds. Uh, Paige Pierce's approach. Direct headwind, according to Zoe. Well controlled. It's a drop in. I bet she feels in control now. She feels like the momentum has shifted. It definitely has. Um, and back to Pierce. Third on 18. Another fierce shot. That is assertive. You can lay out from there if you want. It's Paige Pierce, so you never really know if she will, but she could. She's almost in the bullseye. Yeah. Do you really think no, she's I, I, up? No, I don't. I don't. Here's for the win. 
2022 OTB champion Paige Pierce. So that's how it ended up going down, which it kind of was amazing to watch. I didn't watch it live, but I did watch it after, like, post-production. And to see a girl be down 11 strokes and to, to have it end up getting to a point where it was tied. I mean, yeah, she fell apart at the end, but she ended up tying it. Um, that was incredible to watch. And um, she has absolutely nothing to be ashamed about. Um because she proved a lot of the doubters wrong. So it was a truly, 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 truly fun thing to watch. Um, and she totally deserves all the things that she's going to get in life in the future. So here is the final it's round highlights of MPO. It's time for the final round of the OTB Open presented by MVP Disc Sports. Should he get the same fortune, this would be for Eagle. Nicely done inside circle one. Here. The OTB kids course. Future OTB champions, perhaps. Yeah. Look at that technique, man. Nice little pitch putt. Oh, I was right there. Look at that sportsmanship. Nice little design. Birdie look and to grab a stroke on the card. Same kind of putt from a different location. Doesn't That's matter. Simon Lazat drops down to a knee and slides that one in for an opening hole birdie. Sneaky, sneaky. the line that he wanted. Oh, he hit everything he wanted. That is part. Simon Lazat. Right on four, Philo. Yeah, here's where Aaron Gossage ended up. He didn't like any of that. He's on the wrong side of this row of trees. That's a great recovery shot. Jeez. Birdie look. LeCastro on six. Nico LeCastro. Deadly little stepper from well out there. And to get the timing right, you got to do a whole bunch of those, man. There it is. From the edge of circle two, Heimberg makes good. Another roller, it looks like. Dropping the roller. Cast that out to the left. It's going to stand up and start curling to the right. There's your circle one, Whisker. A, B, stop. It recut. Wow, Anthony Varela. Back to back. He might be closer than he was yesterday. That was incredible. Eagle look for Barella. Let's get to 13. No problem. Anthony Barella with the big eek. Work of that layup. Nicely done. Back to the tee for Heinberg. I just got a huge skip out of that. Look at that thing get into the fairway in.
executed shot from Calvin. Little bump and run off the back of the green. He almost threw this thing in uh, in the highlights earlier we saw, right? It was on hole three yesterday. Mm-hmm. Disc is away for Simon Lazat. That's lining up nicely. What did I tell you, man? Oh, my goodness. I think I'm part psychic, dude. <laughs> I'm really starting to believe that. It's, it's a good you know? quality to have as a commentator. It's not a bad one. Yeah. I just felt it coming. He's so good with those types yeah, of shots. He I mean, he's made his living on those types of shots. Simon Pitch Putt Lazat on hole nine has been the case all week. He's going to be in that same area once again, Ian. Oh, I think oh, he's close. That's, that seems to be off to the left. Enough for a Simon, a regular Simon right. Putt, right? Ain't close I think enough. so, yeah. yeah. I like the shape. Let's see how the finish comes out. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Incredible. So clutch. That short circle two range, Drew, might be one of the best in the world now. Simon Lazat wastes no time, steps right up and slides that in. Going to maintain his two-stroke advantage. What do you think? He's going to be towards the middle. Wow. And when you are in a battle in the mix, you got to connect on all of these getting home. And there it is, Anthony Barella. Big butt. Huge butt for the moment for AB. That's got the stuff. It does force that over. It's going to start unraveling. Looks a little deep, man. Oh, oh it's Get out of here, Simon Lazat Love. <laughs> Off of the persistence.com. He should be taking it from the drop zone, I believe. Heimberg. Can he do it again? That got a lift at the right time, Ian. Oh, just misses the koozie. Save him a few extra feet of putting. And this putt right here. Oh, he did it again. Oh, yeah, I told you, man. I'd have yeah. missed that. Yeah. Man has no quit. Ooh, just does creep it in left side. Swirls it home. Yes, he does. Nice bounce back birdie for Drew Gibson. Get him off of that right foot as well. Oh, great point, Philo. That looked a whole lot more connected. Get up and in. Oh, what a shot from Anthony Barella. Skips just past the basket. Deep inside circle one. Birdie putt coming up. Simon came to tournament today. He's ready to do something. FD3 for Simon. Swing it way outside. Overstable finish coming for Simon. And that's deep inside circle one, just past the bullseye. This man came to win today. But just doing the math. Barella. That looks like the appropriate shot. 
Nicely done, Anthony Barella plays it to the backside. He'll have an uphill putt safe. His potential two-stroke swing. Gossage on 16. Wow, lawn dart. Yes, sir. Aaron Gossage going to get it to 16 deep with that. Hey. Barella. Oh, that's way up there. Chasing the water. That's 500 feet to the water. That's almost as far as Ricky's roller. What a beaut from Heimberg. Setting up a birdie look if it doesn't dribble. Whoop. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Crowd loving that. Gradient. It's a beaut. Thanks, Matt and Aaron. Absolutely. Congratulations to Aaron getting a spot on that match play. Definitely something burned. Hearing it from the crowd, Simon Lazat, his final approach here on 18. Simon's coming to Portland. Heck yeah, man. Put his hat. And just like that, and hearing all the hearing from the crowd at the end there, I think it's safe to say, people, that uh, Simon Lazat is back. So um, be on the lookout for him. Um, and to talk and speaking of OTB and all that fun stuff, let's hear it from the winners of this OTB Open. Um, let's not hear this ad first, but. Um, Let's go ahead and start off with hearing from Paige Pierce first. Right now, but we have Paige Pierce lined up. <clears throat> so let's get out of the filler game and let's jump into an awesome interview here with Paige Pierce, everybody. Welcome to the show, Paige. We're glad to have you. Appreciate you taking the time to come on. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How about you guys? Great. Wonderful tonight. We're doing better now that you're here. Although we had a great interview with uh, the, the president of the Guts Player Association. Have you ever played Guts nice. before? Um, no, I have not, but I used the Frisbees this weekend to play catch, and they were nice Frisbees, Okay, it's a crazy game. You throw it as hard as you can at each other, and he said it's fun, and I think it sounds fun. Yeah, I like throwing things, okay. so I bet I would like it. She can join uh, MVP Open, us four, get the fifth person, we'll have Paige, oh, and we'll have a, okay, cool. There we go. I'm in. All right. Well, I guess, first off, we got to say congratulations yes. on Thank you very much. another Elite Series event win. Incredible to watch. Thank you. Thank you. How did it feel? Give us the emotions going into the last round and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, going into the last round, I, I just felt like excited to play the course again. That 
honestly, the shots out at Swenson Park are so cool. Like you're throwing every single shot in your bag. You're throwing sidearm, backhand, roller, hyzer, and hyzer. Like it's it's a real test of all your skills. So it's more so than most courses that we play. It, it, it's really cool to just walk up to a shot and not know what you're going to do until you get up to it. So um, I just love that aspect of disc golf and like, you know, no matter how many times you play the course, you're, you're throwing a different shot than you did the round before. So I was just excited to get back out there and throw some more shots and see what the course was going to give me. And it gave me quite a few circle two looks. Um, and I really, I wanted to make some circle two putts. So I ran a couple that I probably shouldn't have and made it a little closer than I wanted, but you know, hindsight, like I don't, regret anything like and I thought all my circle two putts that I did run were super close bids anyway so um yeah it was it was just I had fun and it was really cool to have the gallery so engaged you know like every shot it was like they felt it with you and uh you know it, you know I felt like they were super happy for me at the end but I also felt like they felt this like heavy heart for Natalie and they they verbally expressed that at the end and just like hell of a run Natalie and like the standing ovation and it was just beautiful it was a great weekend nice now before the tournament started there was a quote of you just saying you felt unprepared for this event where did that kind of come from and then like why do you feel like you felt unprepared um well I I think when you're playing a new course, like uh, being a veteran on tour, I'm so used to just knowing the course. I know exactly what I'm going to throw. Um, also, I'm in, in the swing of the tournament. So taking two weeks off, coming to a new course, I only knew like three or four of the holes that carried over from last year. Um, basically, I'm learning a brand new course. And uh, it was just so long and getting my body back ready, tournament ready. It, uh, the first two practice rounds, I didn't feel, uh, I didn't feel confident at all. The third practice round, I was to the point where I knew what discs I was going to throw at least. So that third practice round felt quite a bit better. Um, but still I, I had lower expectations than I typically have for myself. So, um, yeah, I think I also kind of touched on that. It was cool to feel a new set of emotions like that. I've never really felt that before. So it was cool to, to just, uh, you know, go through some new emotions and the game of the game of disc golf yet again, tested me with some new thoughts going in. Yeah. And I would just say, I'm curious how you were tested going into the last round with a nine stroke lead and almost it well, actually it did evaporate altogether uh, down to the last two holes. Uh, do you find yourselves in moments like that where it's starting to get very serious, if you will, maybe it's not for you. I don't know. Uh, do you find yourself getting very serious and trying harder in those moments or is it just, just do what you always do Paige? Like what are your, what's your mindset? <laughs> um, I think if you're trying to think of like, what do you always do? You're kind of dictating your own story based on your past. And I think every day is, is a new day. And, uh, or I at least hope it is, you know, like who wants to live the same day over and over again. Right. So for me, especially in that round, I mean, I, uh, I didn't check the scores. This is my third tournament in a row now where I haven't uh, been on disc at all. My phone's on airplane mode. I'm not receiving any kind of messages. That's no why she wouldn't respond. Man, I tried over <laughs> and over. No, <I'm> 
No. So, um, yeah, it actually, it helped me, especially for someone who my brain is just going so fast all the time. And so to eliminate the scores from those, those thoughts in there was really, really beneficial for me. Um, to not be thinking about that. And actually like, I, I didn't know the scores until whole 16. Um, and I looked up at the scoreboard and I saw that we were tied and I was like, what? Oh my God, really? And I looked at Joe and I was like, is that, is that accurate? And she was like, yeah, it is. And I was like, okay, guess I need to get two pars here or a par and a birdie would be ideal. Um, so yeah, in those last two holes that definitely felt, uh, the pressure and the stress, stress and the tension. Um, but luckily, I mean, that could have been, that could have been 15 holes of stress, but instead logging off disk, um, not being on my phone at all, not looking at the scoreboard, I didn't have to feel that stress for as long of a period of time. So, uh, I felt like that was a good move on my part and I, something I'll continue to do on tournaments in the future. Um, you know, if I have a caddy, I'll just kind of tell them, Hey, let me know. And I told this to Joe too. let me know if she gets within three of me. And she told me, um, so, you know, things like that, where it's like, okay, you don't really need to stress. Um, I've also done it the complete opposite too, where like, I feel like my round is absolutely terrible. And then I'm like, Hey, caddy, like, what's my score at? And they're like, Hey, you know, you're still in the top five. And I'm like, Oh, wow, cool. Okay. I need to stop freaking out then. So I think there's comes a time and a place, but for those people that are playing tournaments and, you know, looking to close out a tournament, I think just, just stick to the golf and focus on the shot ahead of you and log off the phone. Okay. Um, people in our chat are asking about an earbud maybe that they saw during a round. Do you, are you listening to something or is this something new that you're trying? Yeah, I actually just, this was the first event ever in my entire disc golf career, actually, that I put um, some AirPods in and I, uh, like, I always want to be, I mean, these are my, my disc golf family, my, you know, my, like, it feels like my cousins, my, you know, sisters are out there, like, I'm playing with them and, um, I want to be a part of the vibe and a part of the card and, and, uh, also I just enjoy, like, the sound of the wind and the birds and the leaves rustling. So I, I've never really tried it before. Cause I wanted to like be super present. Um, but yeah, so I decided I wanted to try this and, um, my brain's been super active lately. So many thoughts coming in and out and I wanted to just kind of like flow into like a music vibe and just kind of get on, get on the train of like what, what the music was. And so, um, yeah, it was super nice. It helped me like, if I had any thoughts, um, I would just be like, okay, Paige, this is one of your favorite songs. Like just start jamming, you know? And so it was really helpful. Actually. I, I think it's a definite advantage and, you know, luckily it's legal right now. So I'm going to keep doing it. I think I, I just, Joe, my caddy, she bought me some AirPods. My birthday's on Tuesday. So she bought me the, I borrowed hers. So she bought me my own set. So I'm going to be rocking those at Portland Man. open. And, uh, we all know, need I a caddy I'm, like Joe, Man. <laughs> but yeah, I think I liked just having one in, um, 
And so like on the tee pads, I would place myself to where my card is on the other side. So I could still hear them take score properly, all of that. Um, but then, yeah, like when I was throwing or anything like that, it was like, I was just in that zone and, uh, you know, just, just flowing, not thinking too much. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I heard you in the post round interview. I think I, I don't, I didn't write this down or quote it, but along the lines of you found yourself kind of wondering at some point, like what the commentators might be saying during the round about certain things like, Oh, Paige is out of it or Natalie's out of it. Like you were saying, don't count anybody out. You were saying like, let's, you know, root for each other. Let's think the best, that kind of a scenario. Can you elaborate on that post round interview? You kind of seem to have an opinion that you wanted to share. And I just want to give you an opportunity to maybe elaborate a little more on that. Yeah. Um, it wasn't for that event. I actually wasn't thinking any of those thoughts. And I think that's because of the earbud, but, um, yeah, the night before, so Saturday night, um, we had like a, uh, players party where Kevin Jones DJed and then we had a band come out and stuff. And I saw Simon, um, out there and I just gave him a hug. I was like, you know, you're my hero. Like you're killing it. You know, you're, you're a dad and you're out here every weekend, like getting top 10, top five, like Simon's had such a good year. And, um, you know, regardless of what happened the final day, I was just wanted him to know I was proud of him. And he told me that, you know, he's like, man, I need some mental coaching. I'm just blowing all Simon's secrets, but he loves me. He was on here. He surprised us earlier the show. He's hired mental coaches to come out to like lunch before we, we know he needs help mentally. We know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he just like, he just told me, you know, like, man, I'm, I find myself out there all the time, just wondering what the commentators are saying. Like, what are they going to say if I do this? What are they going to say if I do that? Like, and, um, I was like, you know, Simon, that's not just you. That's all of us. Like I am there all the time, all the time I'm, I'm there. And it's like, it's just our natural uh, tendency to like wonder what people think of you. Oh, because we're thinking about what other people are wearing or, you know, dressing like, or what are they eating? Oh, do I like that food? Oh, you know, and it's just like, my, my sentiment was just supposed to be, I have a hard time keeping things brief as you guys probably know, but we love it. Um, you can never find the right words, you know, but, um, yeah, like basically my point was just like, not directed at the commentators for that weekend or not uh, directed at OTB anything. It was just a general thing of like, we should all be pushing each other up, you know? Like if we're sitting behind Nick, Carl, and we're like, yeah, Nick, like you're crushing that podcast, you know? He's going to have a better podcast. But if we're like, hey, Nick – man, you really haven't been doing so good. Like, so of I don't course read comments. he's going to... We don't read the comments you know, at the Nick and Matt show. <laughs> but you should be able to. Yeah. That's okay. my whole point is like, no yeah. matter what, if you are involved with something and maybe you guys watching, you don't like what Nick and Matt have been up to. In this, in this two-minute segment, you wish this two-minute segment was better. Instead of leaving a comment saying, hey, that was terrible just say hey i really love it when you guys do this like you should you should do that more like that is so cool you know like Alyssa always um 
Congratulations, by the way. Yeah, holy cow. Oh, congratulations thank you. on thank that. You, thank you, thank that's, you. That, that should have been the first thing we said. But yeah, <laughs> we have her on so much. Thank we you. Forget. Yeah, we, we got congratulations <laughs> every week, I feel like. So. <laughs> thank you. All right, sorry. We got that out of the way. Appreciate it. But yeah, like when I, when I play a round of disc golf with her, which she very rarely plays, she'll hit like the third tree on the fairway. And she'll be kind of like disappointed. And I'll give this feedback where I'm like, oh, hey, it was a nice angle out of your hand, like blah, blah, blah. And I just pick the positive to take from it. And she thinks I'm just being nice because I love her. But that's just how my brain works. And I and I wish that's how more people's brains worked is like focus on the good. Like don't focus on, hey, you hit that tree. Like, man, that was a sweet hyzer. I just needed it to be a little bit wider. And so like that's that's just my sentiment. It's like it's all about perspective and like – if we want the sport of disc golf to grow, we should be empowering each other. And this is even well beyond disc golf. It's like, you know, if you see someone on the street, like if you see a homeless person, don't be scared of them. Hand them some food. They're hungry, you know? And so I, I just think that there's so much kindness in people, but they tend to just save it and use it for their closest people around them. But really the people that need your help and encouragement are – the people that are out there struggling. So mm. I don't know. It wasn't about OTB open or anything like that. It was, it's just more of a broad, broad statement, you know, like we, we are all looking for some love, just, just empower the people around you and the whole world's going to continue to evolve for the better. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And I've done some thinking after our last interview with you because you started talking about how to cheer and root each other on. It seems like there's a kind of a common message here that you're experiencing and learning yourself. I think some of our fans had a little trouble with the concept of like how they perceive sports to be. And so I was even talking this over with my wife. Yes, I have a wife that I talk to about disc golf and sports and life. And I brought you up today, Paige. I said, Paige is coming on. I've been thinking about some of the things she said. And one of them was like, how do we compete right and i know you're talking about being at a sporting venue and saying like oh let's not boo the players and i think what's interesting here as a competitor i don't want to go out of my way necessarily to like cheer up my competition right like i don't be like hey that was a great shot because like i kind of want that advantage to myself where like i'm just gonna play and let my playing do this talking right and i don't think that's what you're talking about right you're not talking about going out of your way to cheer up your competition you're just saying why not okay this is Paige's take. That's why Kevin Jones is my favorite MPO player because he's he's not so in his own world that he can't have this genuine, pure, beautiful excitement for Kyle Klein. You know, like if Kyle Klein throws this sick shot, Kevin's going to be the first one there. Like amazing shot, dude. And, you know, you're going to hear that. And that gets the crowd excited because – as much as we want to stand out, people really don't want to stand out. You know, like people, you don't want to be the first one to clap. Like, oh, did everybody else like that shot? Oh, okay, now I'll clap. You know, mm -hmm. it's like if you thought something was cool, scream about it. You know, like let your emotions out. If you, if something hurt your feelings, cry about it. Like it's okay to feel things. And I think that's why Kevin is is a hero. And, you know, I try to strive to be like that. If I, if I see someone throw a sweet shot, I want to applaud them for it and let them know like why that shot, not only, Hey, that was a good shot, but Hey, I really liked the way like Des Redding did to me one time. She told me like, nice, 
nice wind read into that headwind. Like you had a great angle to fight that headwind. So like, you know, it wasn't just like, Hey, six shot fist bump. You know, it was like a thoughtful thing. And I was like, yeah, I felt empowered after that, you know? And so like, it's just, it's contagious. Just give people some compliments and they're going to do the same. I like that. And I think your response there caused me to reflect a little bit on how disc golf is for me. And I think I'm thinking at my amateur level, I'm like, Oh, I'm always going out of my way to say, Hey, that was awesome shot. Great shot. Like really raise the vibe. But for some reason in my head, when I feel like you get to that pro top level, it might change. But, but Nick, how, how often in page, I mean, how often have we heard in pro sports, sometimes the mic players up yeah. and I always go back to Tom Brady because that was our guy for so long here in the Northeast. But you would even hear him when he would get hit, right? He would compliment the defensive player. Hey, nice hit number 42. He's like, I felt that one, you know, like, but I'm coming yep. back to beat you. So, like, I, I can see what you're saying, Paige, and I appreciate you you spreading this message. I think um, many need to reflect on this. And I, I we don't know, you know, right or wrong or indifferent, but it's a great message that we can reflect on. Um, All right, I'm going to step right there because the and it, it, the interview itself is almost over, but I'm going to run out of time before I run out of my hour for the first part of this section. But it's kind of cool to hear <clears> – <throat> from Paige as always to hear from Paige um I just think in general she's a good person um and congratulations to her on her um engagement that's super cool to hear um Kim it was pretty cool to watch it's always she actually for the last couple of years Katrina Allen's been my favorite player but this year actually Paige has moved to the number one spot and then so now my top five appeal players are Paige Pierce Katrina Allen Kristen Tatar, Missy Gannon, and Cat Merch. And oh, Jen Allen, Cat Merch and Jen Allen are tied. Sorry. I have like the biggest crush on Jen Allen. Sorry. Hot topic. But all right, we're we're kind of getting towards the end of the first part of our of my episode here, real quick. Uh, before we hear from Simon on the Nick and Matt show, and I get into more of the numbers at uh, from this past uh, weekend at the OTB Open. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. And here, a quick word from our sponsor. Hey guys, are you still looking for a disc golf thing for your season? Or maybe in general some 3D printed work? Well, look no further than 30 Birdie Prints, a 3D printing company on Etsy, brand by my good buddy, Mr. Michael Serra, Check him out. He's got all your 3D printing design needs. I think his biggest seller right now is these cool-looking wolf masks. Get yourself one of those. Get yourself a disc golf mini. He'll do any kind of design you want. Even get some disc golf hangers for your discs. And as a special add-on bonus, for anybody that uses promo code in all caps, OTC15 will receive 15% off their very first purchase. And again, that's Dirty Birdie Prince going D-I-R-T-I-E. B-I-R-D-I-E-P-R-I-N-T-S and it's over on Etsy.com. Go ahead and check them out. And we're back. And to hear about his big win for the first time since 2018 at the Memorial, here is your MPO winner of the OTB Open for 2022 on the Nick and Matt Show, Mr. Simon Lazat. Bring him in. Uh, Bring him right up. Four up would be great. So welcome to the show, Simon Lazat, everybody. Welcome, man. 
Let's go. Hey, thanks. So you've been asked the question a lot already, I'm sure, but I hope it's not old yet. Tell us how you're feeling after coming off of a win like you did at the OTB Open. Feel, uh, you know, feeling great. Uh, had a really fun week in Stockton and looking forward to the next already. Okay. I, how, how come, yeah, Simon, really it didn't feel like you had very much pressure on you in the final round? I've never from the outside seen you look just, it looked like a casual round That, from my perspective. Tell us about that. Yeah, you know, mm. I've had four years to think about how it's going to feel to win another tournament. And of course, you go through the scenario the night before the final round and I've gone through this in my head many, many times in the last couple of years. Um, even though it's something you can't really prepare for, I felt kind of prepared. And I just kept telling myself over and over my head, <laughs> this might sound a bit weird, but I always tell myself, no one cares. You don't care. Just play. You know what to do. Just play. No one cares. Because the, the thing that puts me the most under pressure when I play is the fear of like disappointing my sponsors and my fans and everyone that's rooting for me. So I just got to keep telling myself, Hey, people just want to see you have fun. They don't, don't worry about your score. Just play. And I was very successful in talking myself into that yesterday during the round. So I was pretty much a hundred percent relaxed the entire round. Of course, not a hundred percent, but as close as like way better than I was hoping for honestly round two actually the back nine was way more nerve-wracking for some reason i just made like some mental mistakes did the last couple of holes kind of the way Vinny slowly was charging back at you did that kind of bring a little bit of added pressure into it or were you like you know what i'm up four with four to go or up three with three to go how how was it feeling just in the last three or four holes yeah i mean if you have a lead um, that's the same as the amount of holds that are left. It's pretty comfortable. Um, I mean, the final stretch in Stockton um, is a bit tricky and especially it gets really windy. <laughs> For some reason, like once like 6.30 p.m. hit, it got super windy on that course every every day. So it, I knew it obviously it's never over until it's over. But for some reason, my own pep talks like helped just a lot. Just telling myself, hey, even if you even if you crumble now, no one cares. Just <laughs> keep playing. And I was I was throwing the disc so well that that probably gave me confidence too. That I was like I just felt like I felt like it was meant to be. So I guess it just kind of like rode the wave. One of the, one of the things that we're actually talking about in the show a little bit later is you know players dealing with injuries, and you've had an ongoing injury in the elbow. How is that feeling nowadays? Obviously, you just won this big tournament, so it's got to be feeling somewhat good. But is it yeah. still slowly getting better? You've done a lot of rehab on it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, last off season, I did six months of rehab and started a late season last year. Uh, this year, I started late because I was having a baby. So I kind of knew it was going to take me a, a handful of tournaments to get like back into like the groove of things. And my arm in the first two or three events, I was a bit worried, to be honest, because it wasn't feeling great. Um but I was pretty sure that it was going to get better and better every tournament because my injury, like rest does not help my injury. I need to keep throwing. My body needs to know what's going on and needs to be prepared. And I feel like the more I play, the more tournaments I play, the, the better I'll get at kind of like calming down, being more relaxed. And that really helps with my injury because the, the only thing that hurts right now is like full power backhands and kind of those shots where I lose a bit of control 
Um, so yeah, the more relaxed I'm out there, the more I play, the better it feels. So this weekend was actually the best it's felt uh, this year. In your post-round interview, you mentioned any getting, I think you said, top 10 or even top 20 is a success nowadays. Was this a surprise to you to come out with the win at this event, or did you go into it feeling like this is one I have a chance at? It's My mindset has never really been show up to win, so I would never say that I expect to win anything. Um but of course, it's it's been in the back of my head for four years now. That when's the next, when's my next chance going to be there? When when are things just gonna? Everything has to like line up, and somehow everything lined up this weekend. Okay. And it's funny you mentioned the post round interview. I watched that back, and I'm like, it is so hard to know what to say. <laughs> Ten seconds after you just won the first tournament in four years, it's like there's so many emotions and this thoughts running through your head. And then you get a camera and the mic like shoved in your face. And I'm like, uh, I have, my mind is literally like totally blanking. I have no clue what to talk about. <laughs> I loved it though. Uh, we stayed up late on the East coast to watch it happen. And then the bonus round, uh, post round interview on top of, Hey, you just won. Well, let's bring you back in. And you look at the camera. You go, are we still live? <laughs> yes, we are. So that yeah. was awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, you mentioned you've been it's in the back of your mind for the past four years or so or so and you even mentioned it in the post round interview finally like I finally got the win. Uh, it's just fantastic to watch you do it. It, it. I hate to say it this way, but from the perspective of those who are curious about competition, it makes you relevant. And some are going to hate me for saying that like. You're relevant as always having the ability, but you, like you said, you've had your off years here and everything that's going on. Do you feel that way? Do you feel like this helps make you relevant in the competition or did you always feel that way? I always knew that I could and that I should. And honestly, the mistakes I've been making in some of these recent events and even the last handful of years were not kind of mistakes where I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a tough shot. That was kind of like a dumb mistake. Or like, oh, yeah, it happens, but whatever. The mistakes I've been making are like unbelievably bad. Like just something I, I never even think about that that could be a possible mistake. So um, just two weeks ago or three weeks ago at the DDO, um, I could have won that tournament by like 15 strokes if I didn't make the craziest mistakes I've ever seen. But I, I know every player can probably say that in hindsight, talking about their rounds. Like, things could always be way better than they are. But this tournament, finally, I just didn't do something that, like, would melt my brain from stupidity. <laughs> there you go. So, your new father this year. Everyone obviously knows that right now. Does this win affect how much more you'll be touring this year? Or are you still keeping a pretty consistent schedule with what you've had in your mindset? Yeah, no, this is actually the longest trip I'll be gone from home all season because I'm doing this week is an off off week. For me, it's totally not an off week because I'm, I'm here at Lake Tahoe right now. We're doing a project with Jomas Pro. I'm here with the camera crew. You can see I'm already mic'd up. So uh, we're working on a really cool series that's going to drop hopefully this off season. And it's going to be a very busy couple days here at Tahoe. And then I'm driving up the, the West Coast for the weekend and then next week of course is portland open so i'll be gone for a total of three weeks which is going to be the longest trip this year and i know i'm qualified now for the match play which is potentially the only change in my schedule i haven't decided if i'm playing that yet or not that's going to be in colorado in a, in a, in a couple of weeks um but more than a couple of weeks okay but no 
note this this wind doesn't change uh, really because I want to be home as as much as possible because your baby's only a couple months old once in his life. Yeah, <laughs> true. And there's plenty more tournaments for you to win. Um, I would say you mentioned being on the road, but if you were back home, just tell the fans: Would you be at the Nick and Matt show get together this Friday if you were back home? At Meadowbrook. Yes. Oh my God, I I can't wait to uh, check out the new tee pads and the new layout. Uh, all I can say, I highly recommend to go throw because that place is absolutely awesome. And Nick and Matt will be there, so no brainer. Perfect. You heard it here, everybody. If you're within driving distance, which is maybe different for everybody, show up. Simon Lazat himself would be there. I think it's only like 10 or 15 minutes from your house. You are going to be getting ready for the Portland Open. You gave us a little bit of your time now. Tell Jomez thank you from the Nick and Matt show for this little uh, interview that we got to take away from them. And we appreciate you coming on. And have a good evening, Simon. Stay safe and have fun. We are all incredibly proud of you, Simon. Yeah. We're all rooting for you. You're the man. Thanks. The upward trend is continuing, yes, but sir. now there's nowhere up to go. So oh, there's more. I hope I can, like, plateau at this There's point. worlds. <laughs> there's worlds. Come on, baby. <laughs> all right. Good job, everyone. Right. And uh, Peace out, man. Shout out. Peace. Bye. Home. Peace. Bye. All right, everybody. Simon Lazat. We were able to... So yeah, hearing from Simon is always a fun time. Uh, Simon is one of my all-time favorite players, and I just absolutely love watching the man play. So to see him finally get his win, get a win for the first time in four years, was not only amazing but truly remarkable. So, um, but a couple other numbers from the OTB Open here. I'll just go through it real quick because I just realized it's almost midnight and I have to work tomorrow, and I'm kind of tired. But um, we already talked about Simon. Uh, for Calvin Heimberg, we'll start with MPO. For Calvin Heimberg, uh, Calvin finished one stroke back of Simon each of the first two rounds, and those would ultimately be the deciding strokes. Aside from a few too many missed putts in C1, Heimberg played very well, matching Lazat's birdie rate, leading the field in C2 in regulation and only missing three fairways the entire weekend. He also went 11 of 27 putting from C2, including four putts that are credited at 55 feet or longer. While Heimberg found C2 in regulation more often than anybody, he was only ninth best getting a C1 regulation, which made chasing down Simon just a little bit too difficult. Aaron Gossage, after making the final day, uh, day league card last year, Gossage returning Stockton put up another impressive performance. Aaron had the second best C1 in regulation and was third in strokes gained T to green, earning his second ES <coughs> podium in a row and third total of the season. The points boost also secured Aaron an invite to the match play championship next month. Some putting struggles in round two and 13 miss fairways kept the win just a bit too far out of reach for Aaron. Um, for Anthony Barilla, he finished finishing just behind Simon Strokes gained Tita Green. AB threw the disc very well, but performed just above average on the putting green. Barilla put himself in contention to win after a course record 10 under par second round, which was rated as the seventh best round of his career at 10.73. After a seventh place finish at the Masters Cup last week, it appears Central California is quite kind of the, to the now 22-year-old. In fact, Anthony's three highest rated ES events have come to the 2019 San Francisco Open and the 2021 OTB Open, and now also the 2022 OTB Open. Um... Drew Gibson, much like at the 2021 USDGC, the only thing standing between Gibson and victory was OB rate, and his 12 OB strokes ranked 92, 92nd in the field. 
Drew led in birdie percentage holes, parked with third and strokes gained putting and fourth and strokes gained tee to green. After making significant strides in his putting game last season, Gibson has continued to quite improve on the green. Uh, Paul McBeth. I'll do, and then I'll, Paul McBeth is my last one for MPO. Uh, Paul McBeth coming off the worst ES performance of his career. McBeth was never a factor at, his, at this event and continued to struggle getting under the greens. Paul carded 12 bogey strokes, 8 OB strokes, and converted over 7 scrambles. His bogey percent has nearly doubled this year from the 2021 season. I don't know what's going on with Paul for the last two uh, events, but uh, seeing the way he's performed is kind of sad. And I hope he figures it out, but which is he's the GOAT right now, so hope he'll obviously figure it out. <clears throat> uh, moving on to FPO, Juliana Korber. In her first Elite Series event of the year, the 51-year-old Hall of Famer led in fairways, hit holes, parked, and C1 in regulation, and she also gained the strokes, gained the second most strokes from T to green behind Paige Pierce. Corver has been playing rated doubles for 22, rated rounds, sorry, for 22 years, and still she's averaged the third highest rating of her career at an ES event. <clears throat> Juliana continues to defy father time and add to her legacy as quite possibly the greatest playing disc athlete of all time. My girl, Jennifer Allen. The distance world record holder played great from tee to green, but struggled on the putting green as she tends to do. Allen did a great job through two rounds, although making the final day lead card and ultimately finishing tied for seventh. Jen earned just enough points to sneak into the 16th of the DGPT standing and earn an invitation to the match play championship. And, uh, and the last one is Haley King. And with an uncharacteristically poor putting performance, Haley took a bogey or worse on 20 of the 54 holes in Stockton and walked away with her worst finish ever in an Elite Series event. In doing so, King lost her spot in the match play championship coming up 2.25 points short of 16 points and now needing somebody to not accept their invitation if she wants to attend the event. Skipping every tournament between the Las Vegas Challenge and the championship may end up may proving to be costly for the 2020 Disc Golf Pro Tour champions. So some of those are really cool to hear. Some of those are unfortunate to hear, but um, overall, it was kind of it was nice to see all the all my favorite players get to actually get to see them, and then getting to see some players that I also enjoy watching play, like your Anthony Barellas, your Drew Gibson's, your Aaron Gossage, you know. So, yeah, it's a good time, and like I said, congratulations to Paige Pierce, and also Simon Lazat for taking down the 2022 OTB Open. All right, well, we're just about running out of time here, but um, let's go ahead and I'm going to give you guys a quick preview of the Walnut Open I'm going to be playing this Saturday, May 28th. By the way, it will be my mom's birthday, and a quick shout-out to my mom. Happy happy uh, birthday, Mom. I love you very much. I can't wait to see you tomorrow for it. I know your birthday is Saturday, but I know we're hanging out tomorrow, so I can't wait to see you. Um, and hopefully I can take this uh, tournament down for you, but... Um, the tournament's going to be taking place in Walnut, Illinois, which is about an hour and 12 minutes from my house. Um, my good buddy Alex Ator and Grant Yurkovich are also playing it with me, so we're going to be driving together. Uh, we're going to be leaving Morris about 6.45, 7 o'clock around that time. Get there, check in, get a couple uh, get a couple uh, practice throws in, play a couple holes to get warmed up. 
and then we do a shotgun start at nine o'clock. Um, first round will take about roughly between three, probably like three hours at the most, three and a half. And then we'll get an hour lunch and then um, go back to play around two. Um, I'm super excited to play this. I definitely can't wait. I hope Ator or Grant and I get to be on the same card. That'd be pretty cool to have. Um, and this is a tournament that I played last year for MA4, and I took it down and won by nine strokes. So hopefully, I don't think if I win it, I don't think I'm going to win by that many. But this is definitely a tournament and a course I definitely want to win. And I love playing this course. It was a tournament and course that I found last year. Just signed up just because it was cheap. And ended up being one of my favorite events to play. So, super excited to play it, and I definitely can't wait. And that is going to be taking place this Saturday at the um, in Walnut, Illinois, at the Walnut Disc Golf Course. So, and if you want to follow me on that, um, I will send the link in my Instagram and also my um, Facebook. So, if you guys want to, if you guys want to find out. Um, if you guys want to follow along. But. Um, I got a couple other things real quick. Uh, ooh, YouTube announcement. Um, I will be doing a full tournament recap. Either probably Saturday or Sunday. Most likely Sunday. Just so I can end up. I'll probably be too tired Saturday. when I want to do anything. Um, so I'll either. Hope, if I feel up to it Saturday, I'll do it. But if not, it's most likely going to be Sunday. Um. I'm also going to be trying to do more field work now that's getting nicer out. I'm going to try and do some field work practices, keep a couple pointers here and there. Um, and just get the, so people can actually see me throw a disc. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I definitely want to do that. And I also want to do some like post coverage thing with uh, Ryan Aquino and Disc Golf Digest. Maybe do some post production of some tournaments. That'd be pretty cool to do. Um, <clears throat> so we've got that a little bit on the YouTube. Um, oh, and if you, like I said in the last couple episodes, if you have not donated to my uh, fundraiser for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, please do. We're about $180 away from hitting the goal. Um, like I said, a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, it doesn't matter. Um, or if you don't want to donate, want to join in on the fund, you can still do it from now until June 7th. Uh, do 25 push ups a day um, to help. To, it's for St. Jude, it's for an amazing cause. And you definitely don't want to miss out on that. So please, please, please <clears throat> donate to my um, fundraiser. Um, if you have me on Facebook, you can always go on there. I can always add, send the link again in my uh, Facebook. I'll even put it on my Instagram story just so people can see it. And like I said, any little bit helps. And it's for an incredibly amazing cause. So. But other than that, guys, that about... <clears throat> does it for this week's episode make sure you guys join me next week as i will be recapping my tournament for the walnut open um depending on um, his scheduling conflict maybe i can get alex ator on the <clears throat> next week's episode and we can talk and go through what happened the ups and downs of what happened in our tournament but um if i can't get him on obviously it's not a big deal um but we'll be doing that and i will be also previewing the Portland Open, the next Disc Golf Pro Tour Elite Series event taking place next weekend. Um, so, and the episode will most likely be um, next Thursday. Because um, I might have, I think I got something going on um, next Wednesday. I know last week's episode was Friday, this week's episode is Thursday, and it's going to be next Thursday as well. So, um, that's that's the other announcement I have to make. But um, 
Other than that, guys, tell someone you love them this week because not every day is guaranteed. For I am Cody Enervold, PDGA member 148739, and I will see you guys on the next one. Love you guys. Peace.